One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And guys, for it. It is an outstanding hundred for an outstanding cricketer. Test match century 27, eighth against India, and in a statement of the highest quality from Steve Smith, after being suppressed for two tests, this fine batsman rises again. We've got a gripping test match on our hands after two days at the SCG. Steve Smith proves class is permanent by scoring his 27th test century as Australia posted 338 in their first innings. India then knocked off 96 runs for the loss of two wickets with Ajinka Rahane and Chetashwa Pajara there at stumps. We spoke to former Australia captain Ricky Ponting after play and started by asking just who is on top. I think it's pretty even. I'm, I'm probably saying fractionally India, maybe 55-45. Just, just got their noses in. Pajara still there and Rahane who played so well last week still there. But saying that, I think We'll have a better idea at the end of this innings. If India, India can take a little lead into the second innings, then uh, then they'll, they'll be in front. But if Australia can knock them over under, you know, under sort of 350 or somewhere around Australia's score, I think Australia then it's going to be in the box seat. If you look at the wicket, it's just started to play a few more tricks. It's just started to get a little bit up and down bounce-wise. So, um, you know, that's that's why I think it's really important that Australia knock them over with, um, you know, not not certainly not too many in arrears anyway. Earlier in the day, Australia passed 200 for the first time this series and were two for 206 before they lost their last eight wickets for 132 runs. Hard to know what a good score is until both sides have batted, but what did you make of the Aussies' total? Oh, look, I thought it was under par. You know, we watched the last two days play. Yesterday, it looked like a really good batting wicket. You know, Australia going to something two for 166 and you know, 350 to 400, I think, would have been at a, at a, at a pass of the score on that surface. You know, Marnus and, and Smith were playing really well this morning and Batting looked quite easy, but you know, Matthew Wade would probably like to have his time over with his shot. You know, that, that shot sort of exposed Cam Green to Boomer with the second new ball, which is always going to be hard work for the youngsters. But I think there's just a you know, a couple of little mistakes like that. It's probably the difference between Australia getting, you know, three three thirty eight and maybe even four fifty. But um, you know, they're, they're the things that happen in, in test match cricket, but um, yeah, I think Matty Wade would like to have his, his shot over again. Yeah. Uh, the innings was built around Steve Smith's twenty seventh Test century. What stood out to you in Smith's knock? Just his intent. You know, he's, he's been under a bit of pressure. There's no doubt about that. You know, we're saying in commentary tonight, 400 days, I think, between now and his, and his last Test 100. And someone that sets standards like Stephen Smith sets for himself, it, it, now that pressure would have been mounting on him. And that's not even any external pressure, you know, and he wouldn't care too much about the external stuff. But, you know, for him to come out and show the intent uh, at the start of his innings yesterday was the, the real difference, I think. And, you know, like I said on air tonight that. The balance between being positive and not being reckless is is what Stephen Smith is a master at, and that's what a lot of other players don't get right. You know, Matthew Wade's a good last test innings where he's tried to be positive, but he's actually ended up being reckless, and it's cost him a couple of times. But Smith yesterday came out and rectified the things that he hadn't been doing, the things that he even outlined after the Melbourne test. You know, he felt that Ashwin had it let Ashwin bowl at him, and he wanted to be, be a bit more positive against him. He did that right from the first ball. You know, any half volley in this game, he wasn't thinking about you know getting out. He's thinking about scoring runs. He drove well, really 
drove well down the ground yesterday and, and threw the covers and down the ground well again today. So it's just a little mind, mind shift, I think, mindset shift with, with Smith. You know, when those quality players are going um, through a bit of a run, it's not necessarily form, it's just about sometimes how you're thinking about the game and um, and backing yourself and backing your skills in. And, and that's what impressed me with Smith um, the last two days. Yeah, and Smith was named the Test Player of the Decade, but he's lost the number one batting ranking to Kane Williamson. Do you reckon that might have spurred him on a little bit more as well? Uh, probably, yeah. There's probably no doubt about that. Um, and that's an interesting thing with these rankings. You know, he he did lose it, but you know, are they are they changing the rankings on an innings by innings basis? Because if he might have lost it for a couple of days only, with that hundred now, he might even leapfrog yeah. Williamson again. So um, we'll wait and see. But that that could be something. With, with we we all know how high. He's sets his own standards and we know that he wants to be the best player in the world and not just the best in the world but he wants to be clearly the best in the world so you know Williamson has been the, the last four tests over in New Zealand has been absolutely outstanding scored a mountain of runs and, and Smith probably felt he had a bit of a point to prove Manus was there with him he scored 91 do you reckon it's just a matter of time for Manus to post three figures or have you noticed something that he can work on yeah I have I, he's just not driving the ball as well down the ground as I've seen him and even through the leg side he's just seems to be a little bit tight and tense in his bottom hand grip and closing the bat face a little bit early. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think just oh, I try to do a, bit, a few little packages on that in commentary today. You know, I think back to last summer when he was, um, you know, so dominant and so brilliant. He was driving any half volley, was just going back down the ground past the ball at a million miles an hour. But I, I reckon that even in this innings, you know, probably up to a dozen balls, I reckon, that probably could have gone back down the ground that he, he sort of missed hitting this time and just got on the inside of the bat. So it looks to me at the moment that he's not in his absolute best touch, but the problem, the positive thing for him is, you know, I think he's still the leading run scorer in the series without being in, in um, probably his best form. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see if he changes anything or anything changes in the second innings of this game. He talks about Matty Wade. He burst out of the gates but then got out going for one shot too many. It's one thing to have intent, but it's another thing to know when to show it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's – you can show that intent. I think the thing that – even with that first inning dismissal in Melbourne off Ashwin, which was similar to today's dismissal, you know, when you're coming down the wicket and using your feet against spin, you're obviously premeditating. And both times that Matty's been dismissed, he's premeditated, used his feet, but he's actually been done in the air. And what the better players are doing in that situation is actually just check the shot and hold the shot back, you know, and pull it almost abort going for the big shot. But he's been dragged into trying to go for the big shot to balls that haven't quite been there and it's cost him both times. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, he started, did start really well. I mean, he started sweeping really well. He, he hit the hurry in there three times in a row, I think, a short leap, which might have been one of the reasons that stopped him actually trying to sweep. And it's one of the things that made him start thinking about using his feet and going down the ground. But, um, yeah, he'll, he'll learn from it. And as I, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, even even the, his teammates will have a, a higher expectation about the way that he plays. And, um, yeah, let's hope he learns from it and, and gets better next time. And as you mentioned, that exposed Cameron Green to the second new ball. He was out for a 21-ball duck. The bowling was first class, but do you think Green needs to show a little bit more intent and try and get that scoreboard ticking over? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think he was trying today. I mean, Boomer was in the middle of a good spell, as we said. But um, And both these bowling attacks, when they've got a bit of a sniff and they've got their backs up, they just haven't they, they haven't changed what they've been doing. They've just delivered, you know, high skill over a long period of time. Their patience has been really good. And, 
And I just had a feeling today that that's exactly what was going to happen with, with Cam Green. You know, he'd actually changed his, his stance from Melbourne to today as well. He'd opened up his front leg because even down in Melbourne, it was really evident that the Indian fast bowlers were, were targeting front pad and trying to get him LBW. I mean, that's how many innings he played now. He's played three innings, only four innings in test cricket and been out LBW a couple of times to quite similar dismissals. So um, it's something he's going to continually have to, to work on. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he will. I mean, the way that he played in Melbourne shows that he's got a game that can stand up at test level. So, But there will be some challenges along the way. Being such a young player, how long does he have in the side before he needs to start putting up some, some big numbers? Well, only, only the selectors can answer that, I guess. I mean, I, his innings in Melbourne was chock full of class and full of patience. And, and um, you know, the other thing that, with, with being an all-rounder, he's got a, another opportunity even in, you know, with with the ball as well. If he does something special with the ball, that's another way that he can keep himself, you know, in the team. But I, I think having made the the leap, I guess, to pick him at such a young age, then I, I think they should stick with him with him for for a while. Yeah. Okay. We saw Dave Warner jogging out there in the field. Uh, he's obviously not a hundred percent. Everyone kind of knows that. Uh, but he wasn't in slip. Why would they not put him in slip? He was in slip for the quicks, wasn't he? But not yeah, for the spinner. Not for the yeah, spinners, that, yeah. I mean, it's just such a yeah. I mean, just it's such a specialised position for um, for a spin bowler. It's so different fielding a slip to a spinner than it is that the fielding a slip for the for a fast bowler. And um, you know, Steve Smith has done that job at first slip for Nathan Lyon for for a long, long time. So um, yeah, I think that's the reason why. I, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to have him at forty five for that one that he had to chase all the way to the boundary. There's yeah. probably other positions on the ground where they could have tried to look after him a little bit more. But, yeah, that was just that, that one chase. Look, we all knew coming in that he wasn't going to be 100%. Um, but even that chase to the boundary, oh, even though it wasn't absolutely flat out, it's not like he's slow. He would have outrun quite a few players on the field, I reckon, to get that ball. So, um, yeah, look, uh, there's, been a lot, there's been a little bit of talk and a bit made about him being injured or whatever. We, we knew that. So what? If he gets runs, then no one will care. Yeah. When you were captain uh, and you had players who were either injured or had sort of mobility issues, where did you look to hide them in the field? Uh, well, generally it was only if it's something that happened in a game. Um, you couldn't always just put them at slip because, you know, you can't put someone at slip that can't catch well. So, you know, that's the thing with Davey. Davey fielded in the slips in, in, in the last Ashes series over there, took first slip over there. And um, I mean, I think what they ended up doing was when they moved it from 45 to cover for Nathan Lyon, that was the best spot because... He had protection on both sides of him then. Like if the ball actually beat him at cover, he had someone that point at point that could chase it or someone that at mid off that could that could chase it. So you gotta look you look at things like that. Where can I put him here where he's potentially not gonna to have to have a long you know, a long chase? So I think cover ended up being the best spot for him. In reply, uh Shubman Gill scored fifty. How good did he look? And to get the feeling we could see a couple of young players, Gill and Pekoski, going at it for a long, long time to come. Yeah, Gill looked really good. Um and I just think they got the tactics a little bit wrong to him, to be honest. I mean, he, like, he's a class player, and yes, you've got to bowl full, uh, you got to bowl quite full and straight and attack the, attack the stumps early on to him. But that's where he wants you to bowl. And, you know, if you look at the way that he sets up and his footwork pattern, um, he wants the ball close to his body, he wants the ball under his eyes, and he wants the ball quite straight. And it wasn't until they got that one a little bit wider to him today. And if you have a look at all the, the Hawkeye footage and all the footage it was got, there were very few balls on that line today, the, the one that he finally nicked the gully. But you look at how he got out in Melbourne, it was a very similar ball, very similar line, very similar length, the one he nicked through to Tim Payne. So I think they'll learn. I think they'll probably learn a little bit from how they tried to attack him today. And if they can keep the ball away from him, I think, a little bit earlier. And I know it sounds a, 
an unusual thing to say, not to try and attack the stumps um, to an opening batsman, but when you when you see the way that he's, he sets up with his footwork pattern, and, and you know because he's a naturally aggressive player, he wants to keep hitting the ball, but his front foot goes in the same place every time. So his front foot goes down the wicket, then he tries to find the ball with his hands, and um, I think a fifth stump line to him, a little bit like the Aussies have bowled to Coley over the years, I think will be a, something that they'll probably end up doing more going forward. Do you reckon the Aussies improved that stuff later in the day? Because it just Indians weren't scoring there in, in the last session. Well, it was only the first sort of ten overs that they scored at any sort of decent rate. You know, Rohit Sharma was made to work really work for his runs. Um, you know, Gill played nicely since you know those two have been gone. Pajara and Rohan have been there. Was I think real a real focus from India just to try and get through um, the day's play and not lose any more wickets. So, um, but I think that that'll play into Australia's hands as well. If, if if batsmen are not scoring and there's just dot ball up, dot ball and pressure building all the time, then eventually the wickets will come. We've seen that right through the series with the Australians as well. When they're not scoring and the scoreboard stops, something always happens. So I think we might see a bit, bit more of a different mindset from certainly from Rahane tomorrow. Pajara will keep playing his same way, but I think Rahane will look to keep the scoreboard ticking over a bit more. Who's going to be the key bowler for Australia on day three? I actually like what I saw from Stark tonight. Stark bowled quick, got good bounce, good pace, but um, look, it's hard to go past Cummins in that his spell late today he was as good a fast bowling as you'll see. You know, challenging almost every ball, um, just enough sideways movement and enough up and down. Um, so he'll cause problems. And Nathan Lyon, I think that they're the two standouts. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, is it? Paddy's the number one ranked fast bowler in the world, and Nathan Lyon's probably ranked up very high as far as the spin bowlers go as well. So I reckon both those guys will cause a few problems tomorrow. And you're pretty good with your predictions. So where do you see this game going? Yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I'd, I'd like to say that I think Australia can bowl them out, you know, with a with a small lead. If they do, then Australia a good chance of winning. I, I just don't. Um, everything's everything's really going to hinge on how Australia bat in the, in the their second innings of this game. Really, I mean, if, if they if they are to bat, even if they are behind on first innings, if they're to bat really well and give India, you know, some sort of tricky little chase, this wicket to me looks like it's going to have plenty to offer for the bowlers late in the game. So, um, look, the next day, I think tomorrow will tell a really big story in, in the in the game. Um, if Australia are able to bowl really well, um, then they'll be in front. If India have a good day with the bat tomorrow, then it's going to be a hard game for Australia to win. All right. Thanks, Ricky. Chat tomorrow. All right, mate. Thank you. That's it for Ricky's recap today. Subscribe to the Unplayable podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're after breaking news, live scores and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the C8 Live app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.